Hey guys, Luke Soyn here. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tiki Podcast, uh, whether it's your first time or you're back. Thanks for downloading us. Um, uh, this is another episode where uh, me and Jojo Lewis were driving from somewhere, uh, and then with us was uh, local comedian Christian Amaral. Uh, he decided to tag along. Uh, Jojo and I had a show that we were doing with Tommy McGuan. Um, he's a comic who lives in the L.A. area. Uh, he started in Sacramento, which is how we know him, and he moved back down there. And then he had a show at the Naked Lounge in Chico, which he asked me to do. And uh, then JoJo, uh, we brought him, and then Christian just came to hang out. But anyways, we were driving home, did a podcast. Uh, I get pulled over halfway through, about actually about 20 minutes in. So there's like a pause. We talk about it. I got a ticket. You find out about it there. And uh, it's fun. It's a good time. I'm a bad driver, I guess. Uh, please follow us on all our stuff. Um, if you are, uh, if you'd like to follow Christian, he is at Christian Amaral. That's Christian with no H. Um, A M A R A L. It's all one word there. That's his Twitter. His Instagram is at Instagramaral. I just wanted to say that because it's fun to say. Uh, JoJo is at JoJo has fun. You guys know that. We're going to say it again at the end, and I'll put it in the show notes. You can also follow me, at Epic Tiki Comedy on Twitter, at Epic Tiki on Instagram. Um, got some shows coming up. We talk about it at the end. I won't bore you. Thanks for listening, guys. Please subscribe and leave a review and all that, and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Epic Tiki's pod, the podcast. I'm, I changed the name and I'm not used to it yet. Um, thank you. I'm Luke Soyn, and with me, we're driving home from Chico. With me is Jojo Lewis. Hey, so when you talk, Sorry, then, I'm doing he's on his phone. Yeah. It's a great podcast etiquette. <laughs> Just trying to stay up to date so that when we when uh, when we talk about topics, he's got all the latest, yeah. all the latest hot tops. <laughs> and then uh, sitting in the back seat is Christian Amaral, Hello. local Sacramento comic. Also, we're all from Sacramento. We're so fucking cool. Um, we're back already. We already are doing another. That we're we're in the car again because that's that's when I have time. That's when I have we have an hour to talk about something or just hang out. So thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying this, and I hope the mics sound good because last time. The one Mark Berg was holding was weird, and it sounded hot. Yeah. It was too hot. That comes with the... I mean, I could have been frenched about it, as we discussed later. Yeah. I, I was I lazy, slash I forgot so to do that. Everything's good. Yeah, you you healed. Yeah. And you're, you're holding a mic, because I'm driving now, but I decided I'm going to hold a microphone while I'm driving. Why not? It's safe. Yeah. I'd done that before. Yeah. So we just did a show with Tommy McGuan, uh, our friend who started... He went to college in Chico, which is why he had a show here. He had some friends we did at the Naked Lounge. And then the guy that does sound there was like, this is the first comedy show that's ever happened here. And we were like, wow, we broke new ground. Neo Geo. Neo Geo. Ah. Yeah. That's a, that was a system that no one had. Was that your way of saying cool? Was that your way of saying cool? No, like Neo Geo, that means new ground. Oh, I got Because Geo is, is rock. Or Earth, right? The geology. Neo is new and Geo is Earth. Yeah. Which I guess, 
I mean, I don't know how Keanu Reeves was new in The Matrix, but why am I talking? Okay, anyways. So, yeah, we had a show there. It was great. It was really fun. There was, like, what do you think, 40, 50 people in there? Yeah, that's a good number. It was a good amount. It, it did feel – I felt a little bit of that college, like, oh, is it okay to laugh at things kind of feeling. Did you get that? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I had a good set. I'm not going to – yeah. I feel like it was, that was a good set, right? I think, uh, you tell me objectively what you think about my set. I thought, I thought you did. I thought you did pretty good. Okay, that's um, that's good. I, I feel that good about that. It's interesting watching. <laughs> so I had to go first. Yeah, which sucks because you had to warm them up, which means it seemed like you weren't doing as good as you probably were. Well, no, like I also cared less because I was like, okay, I can't. I'm not allowed to do well. And I got, I got the laughs I wanted to get, and yeah. they all happened where they had to happen. And for first guy of the night laughs, fine. Totally yeah. cool. Very I, okay. My one note is you could have had more energy and been more excited to be there. But yes. but, it, but, you, but you that, said you weren't, so hey, that's cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, that was, yeah, I could have had way more energy. I'm, I'm sure of that. But you had more energy than you did at the punchline last Sunday. When your fly was down. Uh, my fly was down and I was sick. Yeah. So, like, I'm on the mend. I'm not 100% yet. So, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still hear it in your voice yeah, a little bit. but I mean, like, I had a good set for what it was. Yeah. For being the first guy. You got to do the shark joke? I got to do the shark joke. And that's the thing, though. Like, that's the litmus <laughs> test. Yeah. If the shark joke bombs, they're a bad crowd. And the shark joke did exactly what it was supposed to do. So, I'm like, this is fine. For those of you who don't know, it it sounds like it's racist, and it kind of is, but it's not. Yeah. It's really, ultimately, it's just a funny wordplay. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. don't have to do the joke, because go see a show, yeah. damn it. Yeah. But, um, Empire's Comics. It's the last Friday of the month. It's awesome, right? But, uh, Who's on the February one? I don't remember. Not that we're plugging things yeah, yet. I don't remember. It's he doesn't. Yeah. It's people. I'm on the March one. Yeah. I know that. February one, fuck that. February 23rd, don't go there anyway. The last one I did, Christian was there. And your grandparents or your parents were there? Who was? Which one was oh, it? Is this the Empires? Yeah. Yes, my grandparents. I, I would say two supportive grandparents. Yeah, they were really cool. It was funny to see you talk about, like, sex and stuff. And I was like, if my grandparents, that'd be weird if they saw me do that. Yeah, it's weird because they don't enjoy it. I will, like, I'll say for sure they don't like the, those jokes. But they love me so much that they keep coming out to these terrible, not that your show's terrible. Yeah. But <laughs> actively terrible stand-up shows. And they keep supporting their when, when you say terrible, do you mean you or do you mean the whole show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, you know they're not. They're just being they're nice. Yeah. yeah. This is like instead of baking you cookies this time, they're like, "We'll come see your show." It's, that's true, and I guess they're not really the baking cookies type. I, they are probably <laughs> my grandparents, the ones that were at that show, are probably the most liberal Trump supporters. If that <laughs> makes sense. I could, yeah, I know. The most liberal Trump supporters that exist. They Unlike, still voted for him, but they're pretty cool about stuff. Like, gay marriage and dick jokes. It sounds like it was, they, it, from what you're saying, which isn't, I haven't gotten too much out of it, but it sounds like they're the kind of people who were like, Hillary's a crook. Let's see what happens if we throw Trump in there. Sure. But we're not racist, kind it of. Was, <laughs> we're old, so there's that, but not we're. To throw my own grandparents under the bus, it was a little more 
Trump side. Yeah. I would love to give them a way out and be like, oh, yeah, they just thought maybe Hillary was a bad person. Oh, okay. They would, they would try to convince me. They'd be like, well, he's a, he's a businessman. <laughs> I mean, he does have that going for him, but it's also like he's a he's a, a I want to say a bad word that you're not supposed to say that starts with an R, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I mean? Rich. He's rich. Rich. <laughs> he's a rich crook. Yeah, he's a regular rich Randolph. Anyways, uh, <laughs> rich I'm glad that your grandparents came to that show. Perfect. Uh, what, what would that be? Alliteration? Not alliteration. Yeah, that's the word. It's an alliteration. Two words start with the same letter, but it's a consonant. Alliteration. Oh, it's it's, it's for all of it, yeah. yeah not alliteration, we just spelled. No. Oh shit. Yeah, it would be Randolph. <laughs> regular rich Randolph. Yeah, that show was actually really fun that time at Empire because. Um, yeah, so we had to kind of be like orators or whatever and talk. And it actually, I think it made our sets better because we had to try harder and gesticulate. Gesticulate? That's, true. I did feel like I was That's a big word. Yeah, it was really fun. And you, yeah, you crushed it. Everyone crushed it. It was a good time. I forget everyone else. Oh, Robert Barry was there, Damien Harmony, right? And then me and JoJo. Yeah. And somebody else who's not memorable. Was there one other person? <laughs> Do you remember JoJo? That was me. No, I said you. <laughs> I s- hey, if rewind. If listening who was the fifth or sixth person in that showcase, we apologize. Get better jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry because um, no one is listening. So oh, I this is like the second episode back for a while. So I think. I don't even know if. I think the only person that listens consistently is my best friend Truman. Because we grew, went to kindergarten together and grew up together, so I think he just feels like he has to. <laughs> yeah, he'll like he's like the only person who will be like, "Oh, hey, I, I listen, and here's my thoughts." And then he never—I don't think he's asked a question for us to answer, but he might have once, and I forgot, so I apologize. But hey, Truman, if you're listening, send us a question for next time. Yeah, which, by the way, that is so cool. Like when you have a podcast and friends actually take the time to listen and give feedback and just be like, "Hey, I like that last episode of that." Yeah. Even just the YouTube videos when somebody watches them and they're like, I really like that one. And you're like, really? Because I'm, I'm actually really bad because if, I, if I'm talking to somebody that hasn't seen them before and then I kind of offer it and they're like, yeah, show me. Then I get like really excited. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. It's movie time because I like to see the reactions and it's like really gross because it's just so masturbatory for me. So as your, as your guest, as your in-car guest, <laughs> in-car I guest. know the answer to this. Uh-huh. And I do. I'm really just asking. Oh, it's, I've changed it to, I, I explained it sort of on the last one a little bit at the beginning. I was just kind of saying, I'm in, I'm taking inspiration like a million other podcasts have from Joe Rogan. And I just kind of want to have people on for no reason and just hang out and have conversations. But then I also want to like, like he does sometimes go, this episode is this, like he'll do, he'll do, he'll do, well, he'll do like an MMA episode. Or and it's like he does he does those all the time. Yeah. Well, sometimes. Yeah. No. Sometimes he'll have um he'll have some like he had this episode recently that was Mel Gibson and then this doctor and the doctor was like specializing in stem cell stuff, not like the bad ones where they're from a baby, but like the ones from the the cord or something like that, like where you can just get them and. Sure. But it was about how, like, 
it, it was just weird because you click on it, you're like, I gotta listen to this Mel Gibson podcast. He's never on anything. Is he still crazy? And I think the answer is he just had a breakdown one time, and hopefully he's not as racist as whatever just that happened. But anyways, he was on because he wanted to talk about the stem cell thing, and Joe Rogan's into it, and he probably heard other episodes. It was just Mel so like. Gibson is passionate about two things. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah he well because his dad is like 90 and his dad was like gonna die and he took him to whatever country because it's illegal here still to do what they did for what because they just don't like it's like marijuana where it's like it should be legal like there's nothing morally wrong with it they just it's old-fashioned and the government yeah and the government takes a long time to fix stuff that should be fixed sometimes anyways so he's he basically like the stem cell therapy that they gave his dad like saved his life and made him better than he was like so it was just like an hour of them talking about it and it sounds really cool so I don't know but yeah my point is is that I might still do a movie review like tomorrow uh, which is going to be Sunday the 28th I think January uh, I'm going to record an, a review of Blade Runner with my friend Maria Gloria so that'll be cool so yeah like sometimes we might I might still go hey I really want to talk about this movie or this thing that happened or whatever and then do an episode. Right. But basically, it's just a free-form, like, talk. And it can be three hours long. It could be an hour. Who I don't care. Like I And I, it'll come out whenever it comes out. Because if there's pressure on me to put it out every Tuesday at noon, then I won't. Somehow I won't do it. Yeah, that's weird to think. Right? <laughs> but I think because there's no pressure of when, if I just put it out and it's out, then it's... And if there's... There might be more than one a week this way. Yeah, it's like true. whenever I have a chance to have one. And then once I get paid on... I just started a new job, which I think I talked about the other day. Um, and I don't... It's a state job, so they pay you at the end of the month, which sucks for your first month. Because yeah. I have $30 left until Tuesday. And it's Saturday. Thrilling. Right? Yeah. Well, you just got paid for doing a show. I did, yeah. We got... I have to give you a $5 somehow. Yeah. Because he gave us an extra. But we'll figure it out. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, remind me that I there's half... Of, okay. Yeah. I believe you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to repeat our conversation on the way here or there to Chico because we're on the way back. But we had a really rousing movie discussion, and I was really sad we didn't record it because it's one yeah. of the best talkings I've ever done. Yeah, I've well, ever been a part of. We were just talking about <laughs> for the for the we we were talking about all the reasons we disliked the, the Star Wars. Yeah, the Last of the Jedi's. And I don't want to get into it because I think we said our piece, and if you weren't there, well, that's our fault for not recording it. He thought it was cool. Yeah. Well, then we talked. <laughs> he said, what are we talking about? It's okay, Chris. Yeah. It's hard when you don't have a. We only have two mics again, so we're trading. Yeah. Uh, JoJo's handing. Are you talking about the movie? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the gist was, like, yeah, yeah. we were basically like, all the problems with The Last Jedi, which were numerous, but the main takeaway was like, we were saying like, it seems political, and Everyone's saying this movie is great. Yeah, like they're blinded by like it's. They say it's good because it's good to say that because it means that you're for. Uh, because. Yeah, it's like it's like then you're a feminist and you're progressive and like like casting other. What was the word I used? I can't. I've, I'm like brain farting. My point is, it feels like a lot of critics are overlooking the the plot holes. And the the major issues with the film just to get brownie points for and how, and how thematically the message the movie sends is really bad and yeah. not inspiring. 
Yeah, it's it it's because like because we are progressive. We believe in the the messages. It's just they were executed so poorly, yeah. and the key like the word I kept repeating was rendered. Like the way that they rendered things. I don't know if that's. I'm, it's weird that I keep bringing that up. And anyways. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about that too much. I just want to say that because I ran out of stuff to say for a second. <laughs> but then we also talked about superhero movies. Oh, yeah, and how they're... Yeah, and I think I've heard this before, but... Like, yeah, how they're our, like the Western of now. Because the Western used to be, like, everywhere. And it was, like, the biggest genre. And it was, like, they did them all the time. And that's what yeah. superheroes are right now, so... Yeah. Logan was a good movie. It's our, it's our American mythos. Yeah. Like, Westerns and then superheroes. <laughs> What's next? I don't know. It's fucking samurai moving the valley. Shit. <laughs> Those already are a thing that exists. I think the word samurai is in your head because Tommy's cat and one of his jokes is named Samurai. Oh, yeah, that's what you're talking about. That. I don't know, man. I, uh. It's interesting. Yeah, you were saying it's interesting to watch somebody do like a headlining set and try to do 45. He ended up doing 39. Yes. I did 19, which was a nice stretch. Yes. That was and, fun. And that's always good. I had to do. Seven, and I think I did twelve on accident. Yeah, he was, he was like, he was showing the second light, and he was like, yeah, he's over already. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I told him like, well, if he was showing the light, I could barely see it because I was like, but when I saw that light, I'm like, oh, that was seven minutes. Wow. Um, I saw a, like the one of the baristas at at this coffee place. She took a picture with the flash on, and I was worried that you'd be like, oh, is that the light? But then it ended up not being the case yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, It's, I mean, I actually said, like, if the second light comes on, if, if I hit the second light, just keep it on. Um, because then that'll tell me to fuck off. Yeah. Um, you're, I mean, you're not a, you're not a person who goes over typically anyways. So you're go, very. Well, I don't go over flippantly. Yeah. Dick. You're, just, like, aware of your situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this feels like, this feels like seven. And that was my thought. Like, it feels like seven. Oh, it was close or much more at all. But yeah. whatever, it was a fun time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting when you can see someone do a long set and you, I, you start thinking about the larger organization of it. Yeah. And you start realizing, like, oh, there's there's issues. There's things that can be fixed. Or things that are there's like a off. flow you have to establish, but it's hard to think about that when at our level we're still kind of like in a weird nebulous like hosting open mic stage. Yeah. Sometimes getting to do 20 minutes like today. Um, but it's like a weird like you you have to start thinking about like, oh, I have to do this joke in this order because if I do it later then what I said before will throw it off. Right. And also you got to like it's sort of a kind of it's like a coherency issue where if you're going to be talking for okay so if you're going to have jokes that are of similar topic it makes sense to keep them near each other yeah like if you're going to do dating like dating random people do that all that together if you have a girlfriend like do the girlfriend stuff together yeah so like if you have like oh, I have this really great girlfriend story and I have like five or six jokes about my girlfriend it doesn't make sense to do two girlfriend jokes and then something about race and then two girlfriend jokes and then something about working and then another girlfriend joke randomly and then something about pets and then a story out of nowhere yeah it doesn't make any sense you should do the jokes let them build on each other and then finish with the story or start with the story and tag it or yeah push it together 
And what's interesting is when someone starts doing longer sets that way, or starts doing longer sets, that mentality doesn't exist really. But that's what that's what's interesting to watch is like, oh, he's got to figure that out here. Yeah. He, yeah. And I want, I, a lot, part of me wonders, but a part of me wonders like why that doesn't exist in somebody. I don't know. I I actually because you listen to stand up, like you listen to long sets. If you listen to long stand up sets, like if you listen to stand up albums or specials, you listen to them. Yeah. So like, what like what's happened up there? I re- I mean I remember, like. I mean, I, I, I'm aware of it now because I did – I organized my stuff. Like, I opened with something silly, so you're like, okay, I'm on, hopefully I'm on board with the weird ideas he'll go to if he yeah. – like, that's the weirdest thing I could say is my VH1 Vlasic joke, right. I think. I don't know. And then then I do, like, some like some dumb thing about weed and then date, and then I do, like, my – Relig- like Xena poster religious thing and then right. girlfriend stuff and then just kidding I don't have a girlfriend I I go down dates but oh between the girlfriend and the going on dates I like throw in some other stuff to like break that up because those are different chunks I don't know if that's the best way to go about it but that's what I've been doing but I oh shit I'm getting a phone call well they'll have to wait <laughs> uh yeah well we could can we pause it really quick sure no one will notice hold on Hey everybody! So Luke got a speeding ticket. I have it. Here, take it. Oh. Hey. Okay. That's. I wish he would have told me we started. Yeah. Yeah. We had to like quickly throw the podcast stuff on JoJo's lap, and then luckily the the cop didn't even like see it or care. (laughs) Yeah. Am I going fifty-five? Okay. There we go. I was going seventy-five and a fifty-five. But it's like, why a 55? It's like, this road doesn't... Anyways, you guys, listen. <laughs> I haven't gotten a speeding ticket in, like, I said, I think it's, like, been, like, eight years. It's been a while. It's been a And it was one of those nights where I was like, I might have a drink before I leave, and I didn't, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Because I'm sure it would have been fine to have one, but also, like, my tolerance is low, and I barely ate dinner, so... Yeah, probably Who knows? Yeah, so now I'm just going to go 50 the rest of the way. That's safe. We have about an hour. Yeah, well, what can you do? Yep, it's best life. Yeah.
Yeah, I'm gonna get a jury duty summons next week, so. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Like that's what happens. Uh, yeah, I was just saying that because this happened. So, fucking, that's great. Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> I feel like we were really hitting something. It was about the hour thing. Christian was like, longer sets, pretentiousness. And other ones do it as an art form yeah. with all of its nuance. And um, it's sort of like the ones who do it just to do it and the ones are, are different than the ones who do it with, as an art form. And I don't, I feel like that might, that's true in a sense of like, okay, everyone's on a different journey of like figuring out how to do this. There's there's degrees of being into it. Like there's people who do it for fun. There's people who want it for fame. There's people who do it for the art. There's people who do it because they just love it. Right. And that's that's all great. But there is also a sense of like do you care about it? Yeah. Do you care about if your you, product? If like you care about it, well, it's reasonable to think about it and think about what you're doing. It's almost like, like there's, it has to do more with like mindfulness more than why you do it. So yeah. it's like, if, if, the, if the idea is like some people are mindful about it because they are, um, because it's an art form for them, and some people, and therefore the people who aren't, it's not an art form to them, are not mindful about it. Well, that's not really, that doesn't make sense. It's like why you're doing something. Is, is sort of different than how mindful you are about it. And I wonder if, like, I wonder if those people are mindful about other things in their lives. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's indicative of that for sure. Yeah. I never get to use indicative. I'm so glad I got to use it. You never get to use the word indicative? Not enough. That's indicative of where you are in life. <laughs> See how easy it is to use that word? Damn. <laughs> That's why you're a doctor of language. That's right. English, specifically. Very much so. You would not be a doctor of Portuguese. I would not be. That'd be so funny if you just started speaking in Portuguese and you showed me up. I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. <laughs> anyway. Nice. The, the thing is, is, like, I wonder if, I don't know. I think there's a type of mindfulness that comes with doing something that, that maybe you learn as a stand-up that's specific to our art form. Yeah. Or maybe it's just something that people have if they're mindful. I don't know. I think that... Either I, way... It's interesting to hear someone do stuff and it doesn't work right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think... Um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Uh, 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 what did you just say? Repeat what you said. <laughs> it's interesting before that. It was like... What was I going to say? It was... Uh, <sighs> well, you're now you're texting, so... It's okay. No, no, I just... I was trying to remember. I was going to... like had like a thought about that... Um, I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. Like, I think that some people, like, they learn from doing stand-up how to be more mindful. Like, as you start to take away, oh, this joke doesn't work with those types of people or, like, this crowd. Or, like, I could look at people and assume, like, if I do this this joke, they won't understand what I'm talking about. And so I need to alter it or yes. frame it differently. Okay, yes. And um, and that's something that takes literally years unless you're just already good at that. And that's why I feel like sometimes adults can be better at it. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, the logic is the older you are, the more better you are at being the more a better. person. 
Yeah, but that's not always true either. I mean, we, yeah, there's a million examples of that. A, but there is a logic there. It's like the longer you've been on the planet, the more likely you are to be good at being there. There's a lot to me. Because you've there for so long. Yeah. To me, I don't know if this is true. For, like, I don't know if you agree, but I think a lot of it has to do with, like, a level of empathy and being able to step out of your brain into other people's brains or in, you know, in their shoes, so to speak. Like, like you are able to go what do other people think about this thing and how will they relate to my point of view? What does my point of view mean against someone else's point of view? How will they view me when I say this? Sure. Because that's a big deal. Is like when yeah. you, you're like, you have to imagine me up there, me and my white guy look with my beard and my glasses and my dumb pink shirt. That's what I'm wearing tonight. Yeah. What does that look like saying this joke? And I don't always do that, but I try to like at least have a vague like, if I say that joke, that's not going to work with this look, you know. But that also, a lot of that comes with just doing it a lot, which is the scary part of stand-up is if you're if you're going to go into it, it's going to be a long haul unless you're just insanely talented and lucky, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty. I feel like we've got several examples you could pick out from our scene in Sacramento of people who are super funny and they're fantastic and they're only just now getting recognition after like five years or or they still don't get recognition but they should sure. like to me like someone like dejan tyler is like extremely funny that guy's like super great at stand-up right. but he's not like recognized on a national level or whatever but also like how much of that is does he does he make an effort to do that like does he go to san francisco and do shows outside does he go to la does he try to meet and network and I don't know the answer to that because I don't see him enough to know. <laughs> but it seems like he's got, like, a day job and he has, like, kids and stuff. So he probably can't do that as much as he wants to. But every time I see him do stand-up, I'm like, man, this guy's a wizard. Like, he's so good at it. Yeah. So I don't know. But he's definitely – and then, I don't know, I think for me, a lot of uh, my perception is just kind of – I just sort of know where I want to go with things. And I know what to stay away from, but I'm not always actively thinking about everything I say and like how it will be received. I just trying to, I just know like I can't say this thing because it's fucked up, but I can say this thing, and if it's funny, then cool. If it's not, because I don't know, you can have an idea of what's gonna be funny, but you really don't know. Um, that's true and not true. I know that, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> unpacked, professor. Well, no, I'm kidding. If you're a comedian, if you are to be the doing stand-up, <laughs> you should know what's going to be funny. You yeah. Might, you might be wrong. You don't get that for a long... Like, it takes years to fully go... Like, to have a really good idea. I think only in the last, like, six months have I started to feel a lot better about that. And even that, I'm still wrong a lot of the time. Well, I mean, I, I've listened to a lot of comedy, and now it's, it's... I've gotten to the point where I can hear someone doing stand-up, and I'm like... I know exactly. I can I can see all the machinery. Yeah. I can see all the machinery behind everything. Like, there's very few times when I'll start hearing a joke and I'm like, I don't know how this works. It's very rare now. And you do a lot of like I do a lot of. I'll be like, this is what I would say, and then you say it in your head before they get there, and then yeah. they say it, and you're like, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. you feel like you scored a point or but something. Then sometimes you wonder, like, can they do that with what they're saying? What do you mean? Like, can they like, guess? Do they know that. Like, does. So the thing, okay, so there was a comic I was watching the other day, and he had a joke that went, this is the joke, my friend uh, 
says uh, it's sensitive people are pussies. And then I'm like, that sounds really rude, man. My friend goes, mm, it sounds like something a pussy would say. That's the whole joke. It's the entire joke. The first part of um, the very first part of, you know, my friend says this to people who are sensitive for pussies. That sort of thing. That took three minutes to get to. Oh, you mean like there's a lot more setup to that? Well, like, are you lot, condensing it? There's a lot more garbage. But I, are you <laughs> condensed? Because you didn't spend yes, three minutes. I am, okay, okay. That's the, what I'm saying right here, I can see the machinery of like, okay, if I was to say what is necessary and what isn't, I can see it instantly. So, like, I can do that. It's a lot easier too when you're watching someone else do it. It's for right, me. It's harder no, when you're no, doing it to why? your own joke, because <laughs> you love yourself or you hate yourself. No, 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 I don't like, know. What is it? Why? Like, what I'm saying is like that. I understand their joke and how it works, but they don't. I think. I think uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that I, I think that's one of the key skills you develop in stand-up is not. I think people think it's oh, you get better at writing punchlines. I think the better you get at stand-up, the better you get at writing setups, and the better you get at editing. I think one of the yeah. I At the water cooler. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything is possible in For this the world. Most part, people have their punchlines already written and, and kind of carved out. And once they get the laugh, that's the end of the joke. The setups are what you learn you can take from two minutes to 30 seconds. And because the joke really is sensitive people are pussies, my friend called me a pussy. And then if you boil it down that much, you might start to go, huh, maybe that's not that great of a joke. <laughs> The, the one, and and the reason why so many new comics make that mistake is because they don't have a lot of jokes to re- rely on. So they feel like when you start, I remember this. I would always feel like, man, I got to fill five minutes of time, and you and you for months you don't get rid of things because you're like, that's all I have, and I got a response from it, even if it was like kind of a groan. It's like, well, I got something, and that's I I, got, I need to keep working on it. And I noticed that recently with my set where or my jokes where I've stopped committing to something for a while and making it work because I have a joke that I still do to this day that I closed on like it's a closer kind of for me I don't want to say it's amazing but it's something I close on and it's something I wrote before I even did stand up for the first time and it's like my Xbox I might be gay joke and it's the evolution of that joke the only reason that that was possible is because I spent years ahead of time or because I spent years having having to do it over and over again and so, like, it went from, like, this stupid, horrible, unfunny joke with just premise, like, all premise, no, like, you know, sort of a punchline, but it was, like, shitty. And and then and then it finally, like, I remember specific shows that I did or sets 
where I did like a new piece of it that worked mm-hmm. and made it what it is. Oh yeah, I think one of the best things I've ever done for my set is I, I just took a day to sit down and go over all the jokes that I had already written. Yeah. And just said, or I didn't say them out loud. I would type them out word for word. Yeah. And as I was typing out these jokes that I'd said a hundred times, I would come up with a way better, a way tighter way to say it. Yeah. Way The, that long setup, it's sort of like training wheels. Like it, 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 it fills the time, and you're okay with it because you're like, I'm gonna get to a punchline, and this is just my way of of getting through the time. And eventually, like once you've done it enough, you've written more stuff, and you start to realize, like, yeah, I don't want that, I don't need that, and you start to go, man, that guy's killing. I need to be more like him or her because she, they're like, they're really like joke, 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 and you want to be that. I mean, you don't. That's not everyone, but. Yeah. I think combine that with the fact that so many people when they're starting out are only watching hour-long specials. Yes, they yeah. See, you know, I don't know, Mike Birbiglia talk for 45 minutes on a single premise or on a single punchline. Yeah. And they think that they can do that and they don't realize the mechanics that go into it. Yeah, I definitely... Oh, sorry. Birbiglia is actually... It's interesting you bring him up because the, the album that made Birbiglia, like... Big name was Sleepwalk with me. What people who see Sleepwalk with me don't see is the fucking three albums that came before that. That were jokes. That were just jokes. They were just set up punch jokes. And they and listen, it's so strange when you hear that, and then you because I, I listened to Sleepwalk with me first. And I listen to his earlier stuff, and I'm like, I like this more. Because you got to sleepwalk with me, and it's like, okay, I can hear all the I can hear all the jokes in this, and they all build on each other, and they're all working towards something, which is great. Um, but there's also something like, if he didn't do all those all those short jokes for so long and learn how to do all that work, sleepwalk with me would be terrible. It would not be good, because yeah. it couldn't be. And actually, like, and, and this is sort of sacrilege. I think the specials after Sleepwalk With Me are not as good. I just don't. Christian Gas. Sleepwalk With Me and then it was like My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. boyfriend. Not as good. Like, I would love to sit down and watch them back to back and like, because I remember there was a time when I could really, I really had it in my head like, here's why this isn't good. But, and especially compared to Sleepwalk With Me, because Sleepwalk With Me ends like everyone's crying like if that's how fucking powerful it is and then and that's almost like not even a comedy show anymore because it's more like a one man show it is a one man show it actually was which is why I'm not a huge fan of him because I would rather see jokes like that's me personally yeah but uh, I appreciate what he does but the the beauty of Sleepwalk with me is it's like you know what's great is you can kind of cut it up a little bit there's parts you can take out of it it, there are still bits in it that can exist on their own and they're they're just working together to benefit a plot I feel like they kind of have to be if he's building it, like he's doing sets where that's like 10 or 50. I don't know how he builds his hours, but... Well, now he builds them in stories. Yeah. And but it's like it's when you're... I actually think they're a little bit lesser for it because of that. That's true. I saw, I saw him in Berkeley a couple months ago uh, with his latest one. It's just called The New One because he's run out of names. And it was weird. It was one of the first weeks he'd been doing it. He already had an hour. 
story that he's kind of trying to, it's like he's like, okay, I have an hour-long story already, now I'm going to do it for three or four months and just punch it up as I go. And I feel like it was pretty funny, but I had to pee the whole time, so I was focusing <laughs> on not pissing myself because they would not let anyone back into the theater once he went out. So, I don't know, we'll have to see when it comes out on Netflix. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I... It's, it's interesting. And also, like, stories in stand-up are also, like, sort of... There are, yeah, Christian says they're hard to do well. He's right. They are hard to do well. But I also think that just, like, telling stories is hard to do It's, well. it's, so a, it's like a, a real skill, like, to so have. That's something we actually saw today. We saw what a, a comic on the show do a story. And, I mean, I'm not an expert storyteller, but I know how to do it. And it's interesting to watch someone who's, like, telling a story who doesn't understand stories <laughs> and what a story is. JoJo's words are his own. <laughs> well, they do not reflect the views well, of Epic Tiki's Tick the, or the Epic Tiki podcast. If I was... Because here's, here's what happens. Here's a thing that I think... I think he would like to it. hear what you're saying, for sure. Well, like, sure, I think yeah. he would want the feedback. So. Um, I think that when you tell a story... When people think about what a story is, uh-huh. it's this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Because that's how we tell stories day to day. But isn't it supposed to be more like this happened, which led to this, which yes. led to that? Exactly. Like, and because this, this that happened. This, yeah. yeah. So I read it, that in a screenwriting book one time. Yeah, well, I fucking heard that from the guys who make South Park. Oh, there you go. And, that's a good place to start. The way to think is like, okay, you're going to say something happens. Great. Yeah. And another thing is going to happen. The connective tissue between those two events needs to be therefore. Yes. Or but. Yeah, like these so like these things, happens, therefore this therefore thing. This yeah. But this happens. Therefore this happens. But this happens. So it's creating a narrative. Yeah, and that, that sounds like to me, I'm imagining when you say that, that out loud, I'm like, this happens, therefore this happens, but. And then when you say but, it's like the characters have a plan. They're doing this, but then this thing happens, which mo- exactly. moves it over, and it causes drama, because and that's that, like conflict. Because that creates that, – that's the plot, and that creates space for everything else. That creates space for a character to exist. That's that yeah. creates space for the shit to happen. And the plot's sort of like the skeleton, and those other things are like right. muscles and – so I actually got, this is not to break my own arm, jacking myself off. <laughs> I, had, I had a, I had to do a show. A but few, please a break few it. Weeks ago, yeah. Where I had to tell a story, and I used to do a storytelling show, and I had to tell a story, and I told a story about how my house burned down. Oh yeah. That is a story. My favorite thing is when you started doing that story, you were still so mad about it, which I totally understand, that you spoiled Game of Thrones plot points for people and I didn't did. give a I, shit. Yeah, and I was I, like, you I, can't do that, and you yelled at me. I, you can't do that, George. I'm like, I totally can, and I totally did. Yeah. And I, and I still do it. And now that's just a part of the joke. It's great. It doesn't matter as much anymore because it's been like two years since that happened, so yeah, it's kind yeah. of in the air. But you did it like a week after yeah, the thing. I, I, yeah, and even then I'm like, no, this was a good choice. Um, Do you still think that now, though? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. It was even better then. Well, you're like, a bad person. Not as, <laughs> not as good as it was now. Because it but here's the thing. If you're I wondering, think, it has to do with Jon Snow, but we won't say unless... You, yeah, uh, whatever. The basic premise of the story is I was getting ready to watch Game of Thrones. My house, but my house burned down. And so I had to go with my dad to take care of our burning house. And then and after we were done with that, I went home. And as I'm going 
oh, I get a message from my dad, and he spoils Game of Thrones for me. It's better if I'm actually telling the story. Here's why. Wait, real quick, just to insert. The reason I thought it was fucked up is because it felt like you were telling, you were only doing that so that you would make other people feel the pain. And it was like, it felt like you didn't need to say that what happened. You could have just said that he spoiled it. But like to get the extra shock, you were like, this is what happened. Right. And I thought that was fucked up because yeah. like some people like, at least wait two weeks. Like you were doing it that week. Definitely made it real for people. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, Keep the going. The point was, I tell the story. It does really well. And then the next day, someone who was at that show sees me and they're like, hey, I saw that story you told. I'm like, oh, great. And then he goes, you know, that was a really good story. And I'm not sure why. I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, I think it's because it had, like, a beginning <laughs> and, then a, and then a middle and then an end. And I'm like, yeah, it's a story. You're like, wow, you stumbled through that, but, kind sir. But th- that's the thing, though. Yeah. Is I feel like like that knowledge of how a story works, I don't think people know that. And so when I hear a comic tell a story, a lot of the time I'm like, that's not a story. <laughs> that's a series of unrelated events that you're saying in a particular order and being like, ah, but that's not what a story is. Yeah. The story is like, therefore, but it's stuff happening in sequence, causally. There's linkage. I think it goes back to the, the person who's funny in front of their friends versus funny on stage. If you're funny in front of your friend, it's because you're pointing at something saying, ah, look at how funny that is. If you're telling a story poorly, you're, you're not really making a joke. You're not really creating any content or giving anyone yeah you really have to be able to build up all the details that's what i think a lot of punchlines in a story are just like the detail that's so specific even when you twist it and you make it something that it wasn't like when you say if you're telling say you're like telling a story and then it involves like oh, I left this DVD out, and I fucked up the DVD. Like, I don't know. It's just me making up a thing right now. But And then when you name the movie, like, saying, saying like, Pootie Tang or whatever, insert funny movie title, it's like that makes it funnier because it makes it more real because then they're painting the picture further. It's like, you know, if you just say, like, uh, it was, like, a DVD, but if or if you're, like, it was Get Smart, the Steve Carell one, then it's like, oh, that's like a weird specific detail, and yeah, it seems it creates, more real. It for joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, the plot is creating space for a joke to occur. Like, a plot is like four or five things happen, and you expand upon them if you want, if you would meet there. Not to go back to this, but this is funny. I'm thinking about, like, what we're saying is, like, it's true for The Last Jedi. It's like, it's just, <laughs> that movie's a bunch of stuff that happens, but it's all they're telling you it's a story but it's not it's yeah, like it's these events disparate events it's kind of like that movie not to get off on a topic I'll finish with this like that movie's almost like what what the middle between two of the movies should be you know what I mean like this is what happened in the comics like we'll we'll visit this in a the 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 Ray comic book series we'll talk about what she was doing with Luke yeah. and then an actual thing will happen in the movie yeah. so like the stuff that happened between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back 
that would be like what the last Jedi is. Right, right, right. But keep going with yeah. other stuff. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I was saying. I think it was something about how something like yeah. So in in telling a story on stage for stand up, there's like it's almost the kind of thing where a lot of the stories that I hear when I hear a story on stage. It is a lot of, and then this happened, and then this happened. And there might be jokes in there that kind of propel it, but the actual question is, like, can the story survive without those? And plot is what lets it do that. And a lot of the times it can't, which is very sad. And it's like... Yeah, because then... The people... It's weird to me that it's like... Because to me it's obvious. But it's like... How... It, How is it so obvious to me? I think it's because you spend so much time thinking about it. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I've experienced this myself because I feel like, and like again, like this is mostly like very recent for me. But I spent so many years of my life, like starting somewhere in high school trying to imagine like how I would tell a story because I have this big dream to tell this epic space opera story, like a Star Wars type thing, but my own version of it. And I've been thinking about that since I was in high school, like how to do it, and and I like I don't know how, and I still kind of don't know how, and like I'll, I'll just kind of like f- lately my strategy when I do write about it is I'm just writing about it and not actually the story, and I'm hoping that like writing about the world will end up turning it into a story. But I'm starting to understand better what a story is and how it works. But it's not like I'm going. Here's the plot. Here's the rising action. Here's the denouement or denouement, however you say that word. Denouement. I'm I'm just kind of like trying to osmosis it into my head and like put it on, like put my thoughts into the structure based on like my absorption of seeing movies and TV for years and years yeah, and years. That's, that's great when you're trying to figure something out. But, but, but it's like because we're we're constantly both like as, as comedians and like people who want to tell stories, write things, we're like not only enjoying like a movie or a TV show, we're also like trying to peel back the sticker and like see what's underneath, like open the hood. And like, we're like thinking about the choices that were made. Like, Oh, that lighting is because of this. That actor did that thing because he wanted you to experience, to feel that what the actor. I I know I'm starting to go fast again. (laughs) I don't know what this, there's no speed limit signs. This is bullshit. Okay. All right. Well, but does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, yes. because, because we're so concerned with it, we're actually making an effort to learn things. And I think that's why so many people can just go to a show and enjoy either stand-up or something like the Big Bang Theory because they're not used to picking things apart. They're just like, oh, it's getting a response from me. Cool. Right. And again, I would argue that that's an aspect of being mindful. Like, yeah. that's what it means to be mindful, that you're thinking trying to figure something out because like you have the presence of mind to give a shit yeah which and takes time and it takes like thought and it, it not everyone gets it I can think of several comedians who have been doing it for like at least four years and they still don't get it yeah. I want to name one of them but I'm not going to yeah. but you guys would all agree with me if oh, I yeah, said no. it <laughs> but I mean if in the absence of mindfulness it's like it's, it's, it's almost infuriating a little bit because it's like, oh man, 
I can see all the ways this could be better. Especially when it's obvious to you and it's not to them. You're like, how can yeah. you not see this? But yes. I can remember a time when I didn't see those things and didn't understand them. So I have empathy for that. Oh, yeah, no, which I'm is not, mindfulness, ironically, probably. Is that mindful? Like, I feel like... Yeah, like, I don't blame anyone for this lack. It's like, it's just heartbreaking. It's like, fuck, come on, I can help you. It's like, it's like, you know, when you're like super woke, but like your dad isn't and you're like, why can't you just be woke dad? Like I am. This this obviously doesn't apply. This applies to like art, like making things, like making a, making a joke or making a, a video or writing a sketch or something like that. Like there's, there's an aspect of like, oh fuck, I can see this. You can't. And it's like. It, it's a really hard thing to do because part of it, part of, yeah, another part of it that I think a lot of people don't realize is it's like there's like a vulnerability to that sort of critique of yourself. Like you need to. That's one of the things. That's one of the reasons why everyone, you know, every stand-up will tell you, almost every stand-up, not everyone, but most of them should tell you if you're gonna do stand-up, you should record your set and listen to it. Yeah. And it's one of the hardest things you will do because you have to listen to everything, like the good stuff. And the bad stuff. And especially when you're starting, it's mostly going to be bad stuff. Yeah. But the reason you do it is because then you're re-experiencing. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to a set that I thought was fantastic. And I'll go back and be like, that wasn't as good as I remember it. Yeah. And not only that, like even if it was not bad, you're, you're still like, fuck, I should have done that. And then you're like, in your head, when you're doing the set, I do this thing where I, I don't let out all the details I need to and set things up properly. Right. And then... I will listen to it later and be like, of course they didn't get it. I didn't say that the truck was red or whatever. I, I can't think of an example, but you know what I mean? Like in my head, I made the connection and I just assume that they know. And I don't know why I do that. It's like, but it's a thing that I work through and it's, I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah. Like tonight I felt like I was really like saying everything I was supposed to say. And I was slow. Like I had a, I felt like I had a good pace. I don't know if I did, but I was trying, yeah. it, it, but that's mindfulness. Like that's hard to do. Right, um, but there's also the other the flip side of that, where you need to record your set, sure, but that's that's just the action of recording your set. I mean, like, well, actually listening I, to it, yeah. Right, that's what I was you saying. Can right, back to it. But yeah. then there are there is here's the scenario of there are people who can listen back to it and hear nothing wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, and that, that's, that's, yeah. And that to me is, like, terrifying. I know another, I'm thinking of another person that's, now. <laughs> that's the absolute scariest thing I can imagine, is, is I made something, and then I look at it, and I don't know what to do with it. Or I think it's fine. Yeah. That's the fucking, but that's a nightmare. You should, you should take comfort in that, because you're afraid of that, you won't do that. Right. No, that's true. It's sort of like a snake that's eating itself. It's like on the one hand, you're like worried that it's going to happen, but the worry feeds you worrying, like or feeds you being aware. But it's also, but, but to me, like that that instinct is almost like uh, that has nothing to do with art. That has to do with like being a human being. Of like, okay, you're looking at something that you made and you can find no fault with it. So. How do you think about yourself then? And what are you capable of? And what are the things you do day to day? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like your life is fucked up and you're not able to fix it, and it's yes. also your stand up. Like your that's, life is fucked up, you don't know how to fix it, and then you listen to a set you do, and you don't, and you think it's 
It's a yeah. It's a reflection of the. But that's that's some people like you can't like we were talking about Trump supporters earlier. It's like there's some people who just don't objectively read the Twitter he tweets and go, "Wow, that guy should not be doing this." Regard like regardless of his politics, like whether you're right or left, that guy should not be president. (laughs) I think objectively we can read his tweets and go, "Bro, you're not you're not supposed to do that." You can't call a guy with possibly nuclear bombs rocket man and taunt him because he's he might do shit yeah. it would be really interesting though if the CIA was actually telling him to do that stuff I don't think they are but I don't know I don't, I'm not good at politics so I'll stop but if you're looking at if you're looking at something you've made and you say it's fine even though it's not you know like you can't I mean, there's this, obviously there's a difference with being like, I don't know what to do with this, but I know I need to do something. Versus, this is fine. Yeah. And yeah. I would actually think that, like, like I wonder, I honestly wonder how many people go through their lives looking at the things they do and be like, this is fine. Yeah, I mean, those are the people who are like hoarders and stuff. They're like in denial and shit. They just do things. And well, they're is it denial? I don't know that it's denial. Sometimes. Because some, at some I don't level, know. like, it's actually weird because at some level, like, God, I would hate that. But then also, like, maybe I would be cool with it because I wouldn't know to care. You know? Like. Yeah, it's like blissful ignorance kind of thing. Right. Is that what, yeah. So it's like, like, I, I, I sort of, I sort of have a little bit of envy towards people who can, like, yeah. sit through. Transformers 4 and enjoy it. it. Yeah. Great time and tell people it was great because I would sit through that and I'm like, this sucks. I hate it. I want to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're just. And and right away, I'm like, everything about this is stupid. I hate this. Like, I was was talking with my brother the other day and I was like, uh. I want to meet your brother for some reason. He's a cool guy. (laughs) He's a cool guy. He makes his living painting Warhammer models. That's what he does for a living. That's pretty he dope. Goes to a hobby shop and I'll hustle people who paint their models and I'll pay him lots of money. Um, I was talking to him the other day and I was like, yeah, Star Wars The Phantom Menace really sucked. And he was like, no, it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, yes, it was. Yeah. He's like, no, it's not that bad. And I'm like, yes, it was. And he kept trying to tell me no. And finally I was like, okay, we're going to watch this. And I put on the red letter media review of, of everything wrong with the Phantom Menace from start to finish you, you know what was like fuck you know what you're doing when you do that what that's like that's like uh, the snake in the Garden of Eden handing the apple or telling them to eat the f- the knowledge f- fruit, right? And then they eat it, and they're like, "Fuck!" And now Everyone, I have to like now things are shitty. Here's the bullshit. You know what's <laughs> here's the thing about that story. Yeah. Always pisses me off. Okay. Because they always talk about how it's a problem. But if you actually think about that fucking story, it is a story about parenting and how important it is to be a good parent. Because what's that story about? You have a bunch of people who are fucking little kids and you tell them not to do something and then they do it and they get in trouble and their lives are fucked up after and then they have to do shit. That's called being a grown up. Yeah. That's called life happening and you grow up. It's actually a good story in the sense that, like, look, this is the shit that happens to you as you grow up. Life is really nice and awesome when you're a baby and you don't know shit. Yeah. And you find shit out and it sucks and you have to work and toil. But guess what? That's what it is. It's inevitable. 
it's a good story. It's about that. Why would they set us up to fail? Because that's how you learn and become strong. You know what, though? I think there that also it made me think about this where one of the problems with telling someone they can't do something is that they always want to do it. Yeah. So I think you have to find a balance of, like, you say, like, hey, this is a bad thing, but I'm going to let you, like, decide on your own because you have – I don't know. That's and I don't know what it's like to be a parent, so I can't say like I'm gonna do this because maybe I will be like fuck that. Yeah. But I think that there's an element of like if you just if you tell someone no, this is really bad, don't do it. That's what draws people to it. But if you kind of like introduce it like, hey, this is a thing some people do. There's nothing like it's it's most people consider it to be a bad thing. You shouldn't do it. But you have to like sometimes you have to do something yourself and figure out that it's fucked up or shitty. Yeah. Like, I, like, I've been hungover. You know, I, everyone's drank too much and been really fucking hungover. And the only re- way you stop doing that is to do it a couple times. <laughs> and even then, you still do it a bunch of times. Yeah. And maybe you have a problem, and that's go see a specialist or a help. I mean, right. you know, go get help. But, yeah. like, you you don't know to not, like, touch boiling water. Like, someone can tell you that. I don't know. I'm, what's a good example? Like, so the good example is, like, okay, you see a baby... You see a kid, he's got a coin. He's trying to put the coin in the light socket. You can do one of two things. You can you can freak out and be like, don't put the coin in the light socket. Yeah. Never do that. And then... Or you can, like, reasonably approach and be like, know, hey, this is going to shock you and kill you. Say, yeah, or you can do it like that. Like, listen, you're going to put that coin in that light socket and it's going to hurt you. And you just wait. And a couple things might happen. Either <laughs> the kid will stop. Or he'll do it to hurt himself. And you're like, wow. That's an extreme example in the way that, yeah. like, you can't just let him do it because he might kill himself. Yeah, that's an extreme example. But, yeah, I think, like, with like with with weed, it. maybe, like, I'm trying to think of how to frame it. Well, I, I guess, like, if, if well, you... Well, think about the thing. Okay, yeah, okay, so weed, the example of weed is every I grew up and everyone was like, yeah, weed's a gateway drug and it leads to all these horrible things and... Yeah. What that does is it gives it power. And it, ge- it gives it like a mystery and an excitement because it's like, ooh, this is bad. Yeah, you're scared of it. It's very powerful. So and, then, I, and then someone does it and it's like, yeah, it's whatever. Because you, you hear about these kids like, or you run into these kids who grew up with someone. Like say it's like with alcohol. Like a kid who grew up with an alcoholic parent, that kid is less – I don't know like statistically, but I'm, I feel like in some, in some cases that kid's less likely to get into drinking because – they had this horrible example, and so they're they're not afraid of it, yeah. but they're like, I hate that stuff. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then, like, if they're cool, they like, that's cool that other people do it, but I'm not going to because – and so I think, like, as a parent, what you should do is you drink around your kids and you say – but you don't, you don't get fucked up. But you do it and you say, like, look, this is a thing people do. If you do too much of it, it'll, it'll make you sick and you'll, you'll make mistakes and you'll feel bad. So just – but here, like, you can do it once in a while and it's fine. And if you kind of, like – the way Europe does it where it's like you can just drink when you're Whatever. 12 yeah. and then then it's not exciting and then because in America we have this stigma around drinking until you're 21 and we make a big deal about it that's why you get the kid who takes 21 shots on his birthday and fucking dies in a bathtub in his own vomit because we build it up to this stupid thing like like with sex too it's like we flip out about sex and then everyone's like oh I don't know I mean in the 50s and the 60s, like, I had to take a birth control class for college because requirements, you know, you need, I needed to take something for this one right. slot in my schedule. And 
And it's you know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and and so and it's like you you hear all these horrifying stories about like girls in the '60s who were in high school and they had sex with their boyfriend and they got pregnant and then they like had to go leave and they went to like a town somewhere or a home where they would have they would go have to have the baby and put it up for adoption. And it's like that shit happened not because sex is bad. It happened because the kids didn't know how to have sex because it's like we it's bad to have sex. But what you realize is like it's not so bad. I mean, you know, if you're religious, whatever. But ultimately, like, really, sex is fine. It's like you got to tell people how to do it because your kids are gonna fuck. Like, you can't stop them from fucking. You can, and especially when you make it scary, or when you tell them like, "Oh, it's bad," and Satan, and blah blah blah, then they're gonna go fucking have sex, and they're gonna do it stupidly because they you didn't tell them how to. Yeah. And I know it's hard. I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but I feel like. If you tell them, like, look, here's what you're supposed to do. Here's the consequences. Do yeah, it. It's, it's funny you say that because it's like, um, you know, it's like to be a parent because, uh, so, uh, uh, our friend Kim, she's, um, she's pregnant. Yeah. And it's very fascinating because, like, <laughs> like I was, it's sort of like every week we don't want to talk for a long time because we fucking do a show together. Yeah. And like every week, she tells me all this shit about being uh, a parent and, or how she's going to be a parent. I'm like, are you are you prepared? Do you know what it's going to be like? And she's like, no. And she also goes like, everyone I've talked to who has has basically said, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Nobody does. Yeah. No one knows. And then she goes like, did you know that that they don't tell you how to hold your baby? And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah. Everyone just thinks you just know that. You don't. You need to be shown how to hold a baby, and they just don't. They don't do it. You have to ask somebody, and you don't know to ask it. I'm like, that sucks. And she's like, it doesn't suck for me. It sucks for the kid. You know what? I <laughs> that's that's why Kim is amazing. I think, <laughs> I think my sister when she had her baby, they told her how. I think, yeah. but she probably was at like a a good hospital. Like maybe but, Kim said a shitty hospital. Nurse, it was smart because it's like yeah, that depends on your customer service experience with yeah, like the the hospital. Well. Because, yeah, I think there are doctors and nurses who are better than others. There's a level of knowledge that comes with being a person that you don't get unless you fucking do some shit. Yeah. I um, I was actually – I went on a, a date today, and then we talked about this, where uh, I had this realization, like, kind of recently probably, where, like, when you become an adult, you're like, okay, we're, like, we're both 30 now, so we're, like, literally adults, right? Yeah, well, no. No, I mean, you know, we can make the joke like we're millennials, we're figuring now, we're bullshit. But we're we're we are ostensibly like an adult because we're 30. Like when you're 18, you're legally an adult. Now we're 30, that's like 12 years later, which is crazy. But my my point is just that when you work at a job like you know, you've had jobs, I've had I don't know, you well you were at school for a while. I don't know if you've had. Anyways, I worked at Borders and I worked in an office. And there's, like, days where you come in hungover, and you're like, fuck, whatever, and you don't care, and you do a bad job. Yeah. And then there's people who are doctors, <laughs> and they probably have days like that. Yeah. And then there's people who hate their job, and some of those people that hate their job are doctors. And then there's people who don't know everything they're supposed to know or keep up with the latest shit in their career field. Yeah. Some of those people are doctors. Yeah. And when you start realizing that, like, it's also the same thing when you realize your parents are just people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, suck at this. yeah, and then that kind of <laughs> depresses you because there's no level of like, 
I can put my faith in this thing. It's always rock hard and not dicks, but what a weird. yeah, yeah. <laughs> always rock hard. I should have said steady, like, <laughs> but like a met, like there's when you're a kid, you can look to your parents and you go, hopefully you can do this. Maybe like some people can't, but you could go like they always have the answer because you ask them a question, they give you an answer, and you don't know any better. But then you get to an age where you're like, oh shit, they they just told me what they thought. It was their opinion. Yeah. Fuck that. And then you get mad and you don't, you know. I just, that's, I thought just that was, that, I just thought that was an interesting thought to have, to, to like realize that doctors can be shitty and like they're not all good at what they do, and a lot yeah. of them are fucking dumb, yeah. and they don't keep up with the latest trends. Yeah. I learned that. I think one of the catalysts for that was me getting prescribed antidepressants without the proper like screening of go to a, a psychologist first and then figure out if you need it. Don't. Maybe you don't need them. Yeah, the doctor just gave them to me because he was like, well, it sounds like uh, the sleep study didn't work. Even though, like, I don't think he actually looked at the results very close. Yeah, he just gave you the pills. So yeah. Leave. Yeah, exactly. And it and it felt like that's that's what it felt like. It felt like he didn't really care. Like, he, he kind of puts on an air of care, but he doesn't... It felt like he was, he was like, I got other shit to do, and you're a healthy, you know, white guy. I don't care about you. Right. I don't know why I said white guy. I don't... That has nothing to do with it. You just was like, you're a healthy guy. Get the fuck out of here. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. But I had like a weird... I still get tired all the time, but I don't know if it's just being 30 or what. So, yeah. Feel depressed, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think it's that depressing. I don't know. Yeah. Christian, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, my Twitter feed is blown up right now. His Twitter feed is blown up. Twitter's doing good. Right here, Christian. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt bad because I was thinking like, man, he hasn't talked for a while. Is the audience wondering... The audience of Truman. Nah, yeah, the, the rule for Christian is if he wants to say it, he says it's time. We gotta get the microphone. This is good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, We're almost back. There's like 14 minutes. Yeah, humans are pretty boring. Um, I, I, back to mindfulness. Uh, huh. I don't know that. How do you learn that? Experience, bro. You know what? But, we, but is that it? You know, you know what's weird? I mean, is is what like experience of what? Life, doing stuff, but interacting that, with people. But how does that lead to mindfulness? See, that's the problem. No, you're. I, like, you know what? I, I get what you're saying. Now that you're like, saying okay, it, I get you it. Can just be alive and do a lot of shit and die and not know what any of it meant. Then. You know what I think <laughs> it is? I think it's it, mindfulness comes from empathy. It's it comes from caring, from caring what other people think, but in a way where you don't care because you want them to li- like. It's partly because you actually care about how you're affecting people. Okay. I, I think that then not everyone has that. And there's definitely sociopaths that don't have that at all. But then we get the thing of, like, people who... Who fake it? all aspects of their life. Yeah. And they're very sad. And they go to a job they don't like. And they don't like their family. And maybe they don't even have one. And they're just, they're just miserable. Or they're, like, numb, and they're just like, I just go through the motions of being a person. And it's like, well, they do that a lot. They have a lot of experience doing that. Yeah. What's the fucking thing that'll... What are you... Uh, wait, I don't know where you're going. Are you trying to say, like, how do they get mindful? Or yeah. how... Why yeah. Why they have that? What they share with more than anybody? You know, I don't know. I think there's a capacity thing. Like, some people don't have the capacity. To be mindful? There's some people who can't do calculus. Like, they never will understand it. But is, is that a fair comparison? I don't know. I think, I think like, minds and souls and brains, whatever combination of those things, 
are different for everyone and it's weird and I think that so, it's like like some people naturally have an ability to run down a field and and get past all the other people like football and then there's some people who like who just grasp music like they pick up an instrument and they learn it in like two weeks and they I think it's just because we don't value introspection in our society yeah Yeah. As we're growing up, we're never taught how to self-analyze. We're taught how to analyze, and people do it very well. Yeah. We're not really taught how to reflect on our own lives, and if we really even have that much control over our own lives. Yeah. And no, yeah, I don't think... You're right, because even, even whether or not you have a natural ability, there, no one's coaxing it out of the people who don't or trying to help them with it. Yeah, and you certainly don't know if you have a natural ability. It's not even, it's not even an ability. It's stems from a desire to do it. I think the second you have, like you said, let's say you're in a dead-end job and you hate your life and all this stuff, if you're, if you're so caught up in the reaction of it all, most people would never think to just stop for a second and think, well, what's the common denominator of all this shitty stuff that I'm going through? Yeah. Oh, it's me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. What, what aspects of my life do I have control over? Well, that, How can I start exercising that control? I bet sixty percent of the population dies before they ask themselves that question. Yeah, no, I think that goes back to what I was saying about like stand up with listening to yourself, like being able to to go back and look at yourself objectively, like in a mirror, so to speak, like like picturing yourself on that stage. How am I coming across? What what am I doing wrong? Because it's it's hard for a lot of people to admit they're wrong or to to critic criticize yourself. Oh, totally. And yeah. and then like and then sometimes you could just hate yourself and be like, I don't like me. I don't like the way I like. So a lot of people hear their voice and they say, I don't like the way I sound on a microphone or something. You know, like because you don't sound the same as you do in your head. And a lot of people are like, I don't like to hear myself speak. But it's like, why? And and can you change it? Like, can you kind of alter how you speak so that you like it more? I feel like I... Like, yeah. Like, it's... Okay, you don't like how you speak. Why are you listening to yourself? Is it because you want to improve on what you're doing? Well, then deal with the fact that you have a crappy voice. Maybe maybe work on it. I don't know. So Maybe even address it. And when you address it, when you start to talk about it, then you can make growth because you can joke about it. And then when you're talking about it with other people you they give you a perspective that you didn't have and then you're able to grow out of that that's why that's one of the reasons why I love roasts so much totally because to me they're really funny I enjoy that but I also like it because it's like people are seeing an honest truth like you're really you're really like cutting to like here's here's how I see you and I don't mean this necessarily I don't feel this hate that I'm saying to you but it's an observation but it's a real honest observation and that's why that's why I think they work. And I think a lot of people don't find that value. And I haven't been able to articulate that very well in the past. And I probably won't be able to in the future. Well, that's because genuine roasts are rare. Yeah. For the most part, we get roast battles, which is the thing. Well, roast battles can still be that way if not it's between roast. friends. Not a roast. Roast battles are different. They're for the audience. A roast is for the person you're doing it for. No, to but... To be roasted is an honor. Yeah, but what it's I... Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roast battles are done for, like... Oh shit! No, they That's are. The they are, but the good ones are still. They are a combination of those things. I think that's totally real. Because if you watch the ones at the comedy store, 
Like, they've been broadcasting them on Facebook. It's yeah. actually really fascinating to watch. There's, I think a lot of those people know each other and they like each other. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't know each other. Like, I've roasted people I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. I roasted Tom Bomb. I don't know that guy. Yeah. But I I think that when you watch, like, Keith Carey roast Connor McSpadden, like, let's just say those guys. Right. Those guys know each other and love each other. They're really good friends. Like, they're, like, best friends. Right. So when you get those roasts, it's like there's an added element and those are my favorite kind. But I, I do I I'm fucked up maybe because I do like the they do a thing called burn booth on YouTube where they set up a booth at like the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. People walk up and they just shit on them, and I think right. that's fun too. Yeah. So and I'm just I, fucked yeah, up. I, but I, I, I enjoy watching the people fall down. That's great. Um, doesn't nurture my soul at all. Well, does I'm everything just, have to do that? Like yeah. Okay, well, Everything that's your shit. standard, but that's not mine at all. I disagree with that 100%. Cool. I don't think everything needs to nurture your soul. Right, but how much shit? I don't know. That's a question of mindfulness. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If, if, if you're going to... See, that's, that's my point. Is it's like... You have... Stop turning this into an essay, goddammit. No, something should be... Something should be ridiculous and you do it just because like oh fuck it feels nice it's great but how much of your life should be that I don't know it's a question of mindfulness and I don't even think people are aware that's a thing it, it depends on your viewpoint. I mean, if you're, like, really religious and you believe that all the stuff you're doing leads to what's going to be in your next life or your afterlife, then you're really mindful. But then you might be mindful for the wrong reason. Like, because you're... Like my dad, it's like, I feel like he looks out for his own... How he's going to be in the afterlife, and then he projects that onto other people, and he's like, you have to be this way or you won't make it. And it's like, maybe you're wrong. Like, I don't know. Right. I feel like I lost my thought. Of yeah, but the other aspect of mindfulness... Mindfulness there it was like, okay, cool. The kid's not talking here. So yeah. How's that working out? Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that's. And that's what I mean of like. That's counting against him and his own structure. His that's own. Awesome. I mean, you don't think about that. Yeah, and he's not mindful. That's that's very apparent. Yeah. Yeah. So. But but it's funny because because if like his own structure of, like he would look at what he's doing if someone else was doing it, he would probably. I feel like some part of him would be like, "That's fucked up. Why would they do that?" Yeah. But he can never see his his own him own him he own. His own shit. He's like, "I am nailing this." He does. That's exactly the problem. That yeah. That's the problem. And so and there's a lot of people like that, and that makes me sad. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but I do I do value like doing shit for the sake of doing it, or because it's fun, and that's what I think roasts are. But anyways, I think we should wrap it up because yeah, we made it. we're on Not J bad. Street. And, and the piers were packed. Damn, son. Look at that. Damn, son. I've never been in there. It, I don't... I'm, I'm sure it's sticky. I Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look sure it up on... it's a sticky on, place. It probably... Oh, this place on the right. Um, uh, What's it fucking called? The Building? Punch Bowl Social. Uh-huh. That place is a nightmare. Really? It's, it's like everything that's wrong with millennials vomited into a bar that's way too big. Oh, cool. It's like two stories, and they have this room that looks like... It feels like they were almost going for like, well, it's like it's supposed to be like a ski lodge, and there's like a holiday lodge. There's there's I can tell because there's a sign on the wall that yep. said it. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's wallpaper, <laughs> there's wallpaper that's books. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what if you actually put books on the shelves and, and people would steal them? Would they though? Like you pay attention, you tell them not to do it. I just think it feels fake. Like it feels like a lot of cheap bullshit 
to like cash in on like what's hot. Like if you go in there, just everything is hip. There's like antlers on the wall. There's like exposed light bulbs. Yeah. There's like it just feels gross. Like well, it doesn't feel like it has an identity. Well, Luke, does everything have to be meaningful? Yes. When it's, <laughs> when it's architecture. Anyway, yeah. So. <laughs> yep. Oh, and I I love that about like that's that's the thing. You just called me on my shit. I love it. I'm happy. And I and I know that I was I knew I was doing it, but yeah. I just anyways. We're almost back to my apartment. We got to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, you guys, do you want to plug yourselves? Tell people what you're doing. Where you're. Catch us on Twitter and YouTube. I tell jokes. I play video games with my friend. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coming out to the High Anxiety Variety Show every third Friday at the Comedy Spot at 8 p.m. Sweet. Nice. Please. What's do you want to do your social medias or no? You don't, don't have to. <laughs> okay. Well, if you Google Christian. <laughs> Yeah, I've been deliberately not liking things you post. Instagram, <laughs> yeah. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try to put it in the description so they can get it. Um, anything else? Okay. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> you can find me at Epic Tiki Comedy on Twitter. At Epic Tiki on. Hold on, there's a cop. I feel weird with the microphone, like I'm not supposed to have it out. I don't know if they could even pull you over for that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh, you're not supposed to. I get it. Ah, I'm tired. Um, Epic Tiki on Instagram at Epic Tiki Comedy on Twitter. Uh, find the Epic Tiki YouTube channel, please. There's not really anything new on there, but hey, you probably haven't seen the stuff on there, so go watch it. Uh, Dystopian Media. Uh, networks on YouTube. That's what I've been doing lately, sketch-wise, so go check that out. Please subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it if you can, uh, tell your friends, like us on Facebook, comment so we can have topics, ask us questions, because we don't have a question thing, and I'd like to do that. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back soon with the Blade Runner 2049 review. Okay, bye.